1: What up, America? Daddy's back. Doug Gottlieb's show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, I hope you're having a great day. We're getting ready to head out to the Final Four. Crown a national champion. We'll be live there this weekend. For Fox Sports the Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay ahead of the game, put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are
6: Farmers. Bum, bum, bum,
1: bum, bum. Russell, Russell Westbrook has 20, 20, and 20. Wow. Against the Lakers G League team, but nonetheless, we'll cover that. Um, it does feel like the Golden State Warriors are actually taking part of the playbook of Michael Jeffrey Jordan, get to that. Uh, Mike McCarthy finally speaks out uh, what he's got right, what he's got wrong. We'll get to Cliff Averill. He'll join us. We'll get his take on Russell Wilson, who we'll get into in a second. Uh, Rick Bucher will join us. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Bryce Harper, who continues to play against his former team. We have a metric ton to get to. Let's start with Russell Wilson, who is, you know, saying – Publicly, all the right things, and privately leaking out that he has a hard and fast deadline for April 15th. So, the day after tax day is the day that he wants a new long term deal in place, long term deal in place to remain as quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. Keep in mind that this is the second deal that he signed. His first deal, you know, remember it was because he was a third-round pick and he was widely underpaid and went to two Super Bowls and won a Super Bowl and whatever, and he's gotten, you know, compensated. Now everybody else, this is what happens in sports and in media where guys want to be, you know, paid at the level commensurate with their current talent for their past success. And I don't think it's an unreasonable ask to have his contract redone. It would ultimately be redone or whatever, but it's the leaking of it and the, hey, I want a new contract now, or else the only problem with the or else is he hasn't said he'll actually sit out quite to the contrary. You know, Russell Wilson has said he will, he'll still show up for meetings, but he wants a new contract. Of course, Colin Cowherd, our, our, um, our, uh, our colleague who precedes this show on many of these Fox sports radio affiliates um, said a couple weeks ago that he's heard Russell Wilson would prefer to play in New York And that ultimately he'll push to play in New York and that's, and then of course, when he's back on air, this is confirmation bias to him. To me, this is just all negotiation. That's all it is. It's all negotiation. Whether he's using Colin or whether Colin's sources are real, the fact is that the Seahawks for better or for worse, based upon the collective bargaining agreement, own his rights, not just this year. Next year, they can franchise tag him. Year after that, they can franchise tag him. Then if they want, they can transitional franchise tag him. Like, in reality, if you want to play hardball, which is what Russell Wilson is kind of leaking out that he wants to do, the NFL's contracts are not easy to play uh, hardball with. They're just not. This is not the NBA where when your contract's up, you can simply walk. You know, Adam Schefter is reporting that, look, this deadline was given to them back in January. Of course, part of it is it's unclear what the deadline actually means. Seattle was to come in uh, to him on April 16th and offer him to make the highest paid player in NFL history. Is he going to turn that down? No. And April 15th is kind of a random date because though it does give them Uh, It does give them a couple of days before the NFL draft. It's not like it's her traditional deadline. The whole thing strikes me as weird, but that actually fits Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is in fact weird. He just is. There is the weird thing with his first wife and, and the rumors with golden Tate. And then the, then the weird, I, I think you would deem a weird relationship with Sierra Sierra, who's now his wife, where they said they were celibate, even though she, previously had a child They're celibate in their relationship until they were married. And now because she's a star, maybe he wants to be in New York. Look, I don't actually think that the idea Mike Freeman tweeted out two, why not two first round picks? I don't think that's crazy. Like if I'm Seattle and I can get two first round picks and get out of paying a guy a huge chunk of money. Don't think it's crazy. I just don't. Everyone has a value. Everyone is tradable in the National Football like Khalil Mack is a is both a warning and a forecasting of what's potentially to come. Remember, Khalil Mack wasn't just moved for because they could get two first round picks. It's they got out of paying him nine ninety million dollar guarantee. And while I don't think Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL, he you can make the argument is as valuable as anybody. He also is a guy who has been seen in that locker room and to some of the defensive players is being divisive, right? Like they don't think he's nearly the guy that he portrays himself to be. They don't love him yet. He does perform on Sundays. They thought he was baby. They think that he was, he's been coddled. They don't think that he's the driving force behind winning. Like that's part of the deal here. And I don't think it's crazy if you turned it and the Giants need a quarterback and the Giants have two first round picks. If you go like, Hey, give us two first and give us a player that we like and we'll start over. Like that's not crazy. It's not crazy talk, but the deadline with no real ramifications doesn't feel like a deadline. It feels like there's something else here at work, whether it's, Hey, I gave you a deadline for a new contract and you haven't responded and now I'm going to leak it out, right? Like it suddenly leaks out this week. Well, if this deadline was given back in January, why didn't it leak out then? Why? Because he hasn't gotten the response that he wanted. But this is going to be interesting, man. What do you do if you're Seattle? Do you engage in discussions of trading him? And while Russell Wilson, you could say if you're a Seahawks fan, and it's reasonable to think, hey, he's untradeable. Is he really? Is anybody really untradeable? What have we seen in the NFL? What wins in the NFL? Unless you have Tom Brady, what you have to do is have a quarterback under rookie contract and, and that level, and then spread the money around to the rest of your team. How do I know it worked? It worked in Seattle. It's working in Kansas city. It's working with the LA Rams. It generally worked with the Dallas Cowboys. Right. And, and the only, and the reason it, it actually is working with the New England Patriots is you got a quarterback that's not taking top dollar because he's made so much money and he's worth so much money and his wife's worth so much money. He's not taking rookie money, but he's also not taking anywhere near what he should. Um, I'll ask Dan Byer. Dan, you're a Seahawks fan. You have been for your life, right? Like your Steve Largent is in fact a god. I thought that. <laughs> I think that little figurine that you bow to before every radio show is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but I do understand that Steve Largent was an incredible Hall of Fame you know, wide receiver.
4: Yeah, the Kurt Warner jersey and not one but two grade school class pictures. So yes, the 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 original Kurt Warner. Yes.
1: Am I crazy to say that? Hey, you know what? If somebody's willing to pony up two first and a player. I'm I'm at least considering it if Russell Wilson's contract demands are that to be the highest paid player in the NFL.
4: I think that the fact that the Seahawks would listen to any offers, I think, is accurate because they have shown that they aren't very flexible when it comes to deals. There have been holdouts. They did not give Earl Thomas what he wanted. They really didn't give Cam Chancellor what he wanted. He held up for a couple of games. And I know that there's some that think that Russell Wilson is treated different, So I, but I don't think that that's the case when it comes to contracts. I think they would at least listen. I don't know if that would get it done. That may have to be a starting point, but I think that they would listen. I agree with you.
1: Huh. Uh, yeah, so I'm mean, like, look, this is a stay tuned. If it happens and he goes to the Giants, Cowherd looks like the smartest dude on earth. If it doesn't and he to resigns, it doesn't make Cowherd look like a dope, but it, it makes it look like, look, this is all negotiation. And Russell Wilson first leaking it to Colin, then leaking it to Schefter and leaking it to other sources. And he doesn't personally leak it, but his agent representatives, friends end up do. Hey, do you know what I heard? This is what I heard. So I don't know. It's really interesting on how like trends in the NFL are not just, not just, you know, you know, Defensive linemen and defensive backs and and loading up in your offensive line. But the big trend in the NFL is, can you get a quarterback under rookie control who's a good, maybe not yet great quarterback, but does have talent? And can you use all of that other money to load up on your roster? And the team that created that blueprint is the Seattle Seahawks. And they may go that course again. I, I don't think that's a completely, completely unreasonable thought
6: be sure to catch live editions of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at noon eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app
3: juan gabriel juan G. Selena, selina celia cruz azúcar harold g
2: la bichota
3: Christina Aguilera. Ex Tina, Just to name a few.
2: We're serving the whole story.
3: From rags to riches.
2: And all the tea in between.
3: I'm Liliana Vasquez.
2: And I'm Joseph Carrillo.
3: And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2.
8: to start listening.
1: Let's welcome in Jason Lockham for who joins us. Jason, what what have what have you heard in regards to Russell Wilson?
9: I've been reporting on this situation for a couple of years. Um, there was a, a window, a, a period of time around this time last year where, you know, a lot of people around the league were scratching their heads while you weren't hearing the Seahawks talking about their desire to get a deal done with Russell Wilson the same way you heard. Um, Mark Murphy and people in Green Bay falling all over themselves about Aaron Rodgers in the same way, um, you know, you, you, you would have heard Arthur Blank falling all over Matt Ryan saying it's a fait accompli that, you know, we're going to get these things done before the season starts. And so, you know, it's the cost of doing business, right? Quarterbacks, they're the most expensive guys on the team, and prices continue to soar. And now he's one year away from free agency, essentially a lame duck year and you've got this incredible influx of gambling money that that the league is, you know, that spigot may be open full throttle by the start of the season, and your uh, negotiations on a new CBA are underway, and two years from now, if that CBA is done, you and I both know they'll start negotiating new TV contracts two years before the other ones expire. So if you're Russell Wilson, what are you worth? You know, I mean, it's sort of a metaphysical question, and... uh, so he doesn't have to do anything. I mean, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm not calling them. I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm just being Russell Wilson. And if they want to franchise me a couple of times, then I'll, I'll pocket my, you know, what, what, close to $100 million for three, if that's the way it plays out, and hit the open market at a young 33. Or maybe they'll put something in front of me that I can't refuse. But what that number starts with a four, I don't know what the second digit is. I, you know, I, I just don't, and I don't know that anybody does. So we'll see how creative the Seahawks get here, but I think it's going to take um, something truly historic to buy, you know, to start buying Russell Wilson free agency years now.
1: Would they move on from him? I mean, like, look, look, you, you know the trend of the NFL and We've seen what the Rams have done. Look, it's all copy, by the way, of the Seattle model, which was yep. they got Russell Wilson in the third round, and you know after thinking Matt Flynn would be their guy, kind of a, yep. a bit of a bit of a bargain. But because they had Russell Wilson, it was able to build. They were able to build the Legion of Boom. You know, on the defensive side, we've seen the Rams, we've seen the Chiefs. Hell, I mean, you can even and the Cowboys. You could even make the case that's kind of what the Patriots do. Granted, not on a rookie scale, but you're not paying Tom Brady top dollars. Yeah, so you're not able to spread your
9: cap. Yeah,
1: right. He's not killing your cap, as opposed to all the top paid quarterbacks. You're struggling to to build a, a team around him. Is there a scenario where somebody comes in and 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 gives them an offer that they can't refuse? Uh,
9: of course, right. I mean, Babe Ruth was traded, right? Wayne Gretzky was traded a couple of times. Uh, Odell Beckham just got traded. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Odell Beckham got traded. Like, yeah, of course. Um, I, I think it would have to be uh, robust compensation. I mean, if Khalil Mack is two ones, you know, I mean, Jay Cutler went for two ones back in the day. Roy Williams went for two ones. Like, at three ones, you know? I, I think it would have to I mean, I think it would have to be seismic, but I also think because again, we're now in what, what you know, one year away from critical mass, when you have to start applying franchise tags to a quarterback, which is obviously far from ideal. I, I think you have to be open-minded about anything, about any possibility or, or probability. Um, we've also seen a lot of teams kind of make their bed, at least to some degree, at quarterback in the last eighteen months. So, you know, ask Nick Foles about how much demand there is for quarterbacks right now. Obviously, Russell Wilson's a completely different animal, but still. Um, you know, if, if I was interested in trading Russell Wilson, I would have held an auction back at the Combine, you know, and I would have been like, don't worry about looking at these quarterbacks. i got a 30-year-old franchise quarterback for you right here who's, you know, John Gruden, you got three ones this year, let's make a deal. Um, but there's still possibilities. I mean, there's teams and, and owners who would say, yeah, you know, I'm willing to, to give him that, you know, $40 million a year and part with all these picks because we think he'll take us to the promised land multiple times.
1: Jason Locke M4 from CBS sports NFL insider joins us. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Uh, l- l- speaking of uh, potential landing spots, there's the New York giants who um, I would think would be in some sort of hunt for maybe Josh Rosen, uh, maybe Dwayne Haskins. And then, and, and look, I don't trust everything that everybody says, right? Like the Raiders say they're in love with Derek Carr, but then right. they go work, work out Haskins and Kyler Murray. Um, What about the Giants and these weird statements about, hey, Eli Manning, we love him this year. We might like him next year as well. Is that simply about kind of I, dialing back his I, contract I, this year? You know, or are I they tend, really... I, I tend to buy what they're
9: selling. I, I bought what they were selling last year and that they weren't interested in any quarterback, even if one popped loose who they didn't think was going to be there. And that turned out to be true. I mean, I, I think from the owner on down, they're still Team Eli. So... I, I I think at seventeen, sure, absolutely they're open for business. I have a hard time seeing them come off of a blue chip, potentially franchise changing pass rusher in the t- you know, at six. We know one quarterback like, like Kyler Murray's going first and there's still a chance that Haskins or, or some you know, something else happens that the Giants probably wouldn't be into. So that six pick is at least the fifth and maybe it's the fourth. So I don't know that they're gonna move off of that. Um, for a quarterback, but I think at seventeen, whether it's the kid from Duke or, or whomever, maybe there's still a scenario where it's still Haskins there, or maybe you move up a smidge from seventeen to jump the Redskins if you think you have to do that for you know your 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 quarterback of the future. But I don't see I don't I, I would I don't I don't see them invest in that six pick in a quarterback, and I think they are all about propping Eli up for at least another year.
1: Doug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's Jason LaCanfora who's joining us. Then you have the, the juxtaposition of the Arizona Cardinals who, look, they've said a couple of nice things about Josh Rosen, but they've heaped a bunch of praise on Kyler Murray, which is the opposite of the Raiders who could not have said anything better about Derek Carr than they get Antonio Brown. They, Antonio Brown immediately goes to his house and starts catching footballs from Derek Carr and his, probably his kids and brother as well. Yeah, um, who, who gets Kyler Murray?
9: I, I think Arizona. I, I I don't think there's any mystery to this. I don't think there's any smoke. I think, um, based on everything I've heard, this die was cast when they when they hired Kingsbury with the first overall pick. And if we're going to go down this uh, road less traveled, then we're going to have to do it all in and and give this guy everything he thinks he he needs. And and you know they they've got the ability to control the draft. And you know Kyler Murray goes and hires Cliff Kingsbury's agent. Like sometimes it's just it just is you know what I mean and this is one where I thoroughly believe it just is and the draft starts at two and they're going to take this kid um but of course teams are still going to do their due diligence and you know I mean John Gruden loves hanging out with quarterbacks I mean you know the fact that John Gruden's working out all these quarterbacks, like it's just like this is one of his favorite times of the year like the you know his favorite part of his job at ESPN was the quarterback you know the quarterback camp he would do so why not um, you never know when those guys become available down the road he 's obviously a wheeler dealer, and I think he 's also because he, I expect him to be so heavily invested in next year 's quarterbacks. you know you want to be able to evaluate, oh yeah, well, how does this compare to when we had Murray to ourselves in Dallas all of last year, and when we had Haskins to ourselves you know all for a day last year, and how do these guys stack up to that, putting them through the same sort of workouts so I, I think it 's just the accumulation of information. Um, but I don't think anybody in the NFL thinks Kyler Murray is going anywhere other than Arizona first overall.
1: Okay, so where's Josh Rosen go?
9: Maybe it doesn't happen till after the draft. Who knows? I mean, maybe you have to see who's left holding the bag. And um, I, I would think, they, look, if, if I'm them, I'd, I'd, I'd take the two or whatever I can get for anybody right now. But now that we, you know, we're no longer, you know, a month or months away from the draft,
1: it's April. Y- yeah, I mean, like, look, I thought. The Redskins were a possible destination. The Dolphins were a possible destination for Josh Rosen. Now it feels like what is it? Chargers, Giants, yeah, maybe Patriots. Like,
9: yeah, right. Somebody looking for the guy, you know, for a couple of years down the road when their forty-year-old eventually looks like a forty-year-old. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it could still be Washington. I mean, I think right now Haskins, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, I wrote a column about him today at CBS. Sports.com. There, there's a lot of people kind of trying to slot him right now, and if the Giants do what I think they're going to do, which we talked about earlier, then you know does somebody move up for him? Where where does he go? And you know is it Denver and a and a, and a Washington and maybe a Miami sitting there still kind of in the need for a young developmental guy, and maybe that's when um, a better market for for Rosen emerges. But nobody's you know dying to have that kid. Right now, and I think Arizona as well. At some point, you know, just get your messaging on point. And if if you know if if you're somehow keeping the kid, then then make that overtly clear. Or you know, truly start calling teams and really forcing the issue. Because again, everybody's convinced they're taking Kyler Murray.
1: Doug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio. What have you heard from the rest of the league in regards to Cleveland, who? They, they've made some power moves and accumulated, as you point out, Odell Beckham Jr. And then they had this press conference, which was, I, I guess it's player empowerment. I guess it's giving them ownership. But you literally only had players, uh, including a defensive player, who didn't say anything kind of up there, like, here's our four horsemen. <laughs> What's the reaction been like from around the league?
9: I mean, I, I think people understand that this is, this is going to be, things are going to be a little different there. And if... if Um, If anybody spent any time around Freddie Kitchens at the owners' meetings a week ago or saw any of the quotes or any of the clips that came out of there, I mean, you can tell that this is a different cat. I mean, they, they are, to your point, all in on sort of player empowerment and player engagement and not shying away from big personalities and not shying away from expectations and holding themselves to a high standard. They're not shying away from, you know, the P word, playoffs. I mean, they... They feel like that 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 should be where they end up if they can harness all this talent, and, and they feel like at the core that these these guys, as much as you know, they have fun on social media or they have outsized personalities. Ultimately, when it gets to Sunday, they have some dog in them, and they're and they're all about doing what it takes to win. And I I, I think Kitchens is going to be, I, I think he might be just what the doctor ordered, and you know the. I, I like what the other people assembled around him on that offensive staff. I think Todd Munkin's a future NFL head coach and um, one of the better coordinators and schemers in this league right now. And uh, Freddie can lean on him. And um, I, I, you know, they've got to make some strides defensively for sure. But I think the Browns are very much for real. And you just start going around the AFC. I mean, who like New England's New England, but like after that, like who would you really really stump for? I mean, I. I I would make the case the Chargers on paper are the best team but can they bring it two years in a row, you know? And after that, I mean, who's Kansas City who's Kansas City's defense right now? Like who are they stopping? I mean, you know, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, I mean, is anybody super scared of them right now? I I think you can start creating a narrative where you know, the Browns could could make some
1: hay. I I definitely think talent-wise, talent-wise you're right, uh, but You know, again, it's the, you have a coach who's completely unproven. You got Dorsey's not going anywhere. Baker's not going anywhere. So if things go wrong, it falls on Freddie kitchen. And then we get back into the turnstile coaches type of deal. Like there's some super strong personalities there. How does it work out when they hit adversity and the juxtaposition of that with Pittsburgh, who's trying to get rid of those personalities and trying to quiet the personality, even of Ben Roethlisberger like that. That's really it. It's, It's a very interesting social experiment within the AFC North. Is it not?
9: No, it is. And then you've got Baltimore now trying to empower, you know, a, a, a young quarterback who saved people's jobs last year. I mean, saved, saved the season, saved people's jobs. Um, but have they really put anything else around him that makes them any better? I mean, they have their wide receiving core right now. Um, Godspeed, Lamar. You know, good luck throwing to that bunch. I mean, they obviously have to still address that in the draft. Um, their offensive line was a big issue last year, and at least as of right now, it still looks like a donut with a hole in the middle. Um, but they're pretty good at drafting linemen, so we'll see. Um, you know, and the Bengals and Zach Taylor, and, and you know, there's some talent there, but have, have they, you know, missed their mark by not getting rid of the quarterback, you know, when they got rid of Marvin? And um, what about that staff that he had trouble putting together? And are they going to be uh, ready for prime time? It, it's, it's an interesting... It's an interesting division, but the more I look at it, and, you know, let's wait for the schedule to come out because that, that does matter in this sport to, to a, a large degree. Um, more than probably most people give it credit for, when you catch teams and all that stuff. But I think Cleveland's the best team in that division. I do, and I don't think Freddie Kitchens is going to sort of, you know, muff it all up and mess it up. I, I think they'll be all right, at least for a while. Two, three years from now maybe a different story, but I think the honeymoon phase is right now. I think the honeymoon phase is going to be entertaining and a lot of points will be scored. And I I like them to win that division.
1: Uh, Vegas does too. Vegas has them and the Pittsburgh Steelers both at at nine. What about the New England Patriots? I know we just assume they'll figure it out, but they lose lose Gronk, Trey Flowers gone, Trent Brown gone. Um, Any, I think, reasonable person has seen some fade in Tom Brady. Look at late in the season, even in the playoffs. Like, I know they won. But he threw two and what should have been three picks against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he scored one touchdown, albeit uh, you know enough to beat the Rams. They, they didn't necessarily win because of Brady's excellence right. throughout the entire game. Um, what do the Patriots look like now that they had this weird double departure? Right, you lose Flores, you're placing with Greg Schiano, who all of a sudden yeah. bails before he he's even officially announces their defensive coordinator. What's going on, to England?
9: Well, I mean, they still have Belichick, so I'm not going to worry about that defense. I mean, you ask anybody who's been around there, that defense has appeared broken at various times over the last five or six years. And when it does tighten up, he's got a lot to do with it. So I think they could, they could, they could much better handle that right now than if Josh McDaniels walked out the door tomorrow. Um, I, look, I think what, what they showed you last year, late in the season, is part of their evolution. Now, they don't have Gronk being... Um, you know, that butt-kicking, dominant, uh, you know, in-line tight end. But this is a great tight end draft, and I think they're okay going unbalanced and playing old-school, slobber-knocker football and making life a little easier for Brady, it, it, you know, in these, what I guess, are the twilight years. I mean, it has to end eventually, and I think the stable of running backs they have will be something that they continue, um, you know, to, to use to their advantage. And it'll be different. But I wouldn't be shocked if they came away from this draft with multiple tight ends who make an impact right away. And does Josh Gordon come back in that building at some point? Not that he was special, but it's at least somebody on the outside to worry about. Um, and, and I expect them to invest a lot of this draft capital on the defense. This is a really good pass rushing draft. You know, Trent Brown, you know, that, that, that's a big loss, but we'll see. You know, when is he healthy? And, and what can he give them? And, and Tom Brady um, has often done more with less on the offensive line. So, I think the Patriots have one more year where they're the darlings of that division. And then I think that then if, if, if Sam Darnold is where I think he'll be, and if some of these moves the Bills made kick in, um, then all of a sudden I think maybe a year from now we're talking about, um, you know, the, the Patriots having to really look over their shoulders.
1: Great stuff as always, Jason. Jason Lockham Four. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. Always my it. pleasure. Thanks for having me, bud. Pleasure is mine. Jason Lockham for CBS Sports dot.
6: Come. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G.
2: La Bichota.
3: Christina Aguilera, Ex Tina, just to name a few. We're
2: serving the whole story,
3: from rags to riches,
2: and all the tea in between.
3: I'm Liliana Vasquez,
2: and I'm Joseph Carillo,
3: and we're the host of Becoming an Icon, Season Two.
8: To start listening.
1: Saw this story from Rob Domofsky who covers the Green Bay Packers. He talked with Mike McCarthy. It's Mike McCarthy's first ever statements after being fired as coach of the Green Bay Packers. Remember there, he's fired midseason or late in the season when they lost the Arizona Cardinals at home. Quote, uh it led some to say that McCarthy deserved a better ending. Obviously, McCarthy said when asked if he agreed. It couldn't have been handled any worse. Anytime you lose a close game, it's a difficult time emotionally afterwards. When you lose a home game at Lambeau Field in December, it's really hard, and that hasn't happened very often. I walk out of my press conference, I'm thinking about the game. Think about how our playoff shot was now minimal. And that's where my head was when I was told Mark Murphy wanted to see me, and the messenger was cold, and the energy was bad. Mark said it was an ugly loss, and it was time to make a change. He said. Something about the offense and special teams, and he didn't think it was going to get any better. And there was no emotion that was hard. I mean, honestly, I get it. I, look, I have lost things in the past. I've not been fired, knock on wood, from a job. Okay. I've been cut before, and there's never a good way or a good time to just. Isn't just isn't. And you could say, well, like after a game, like dude, you lost the Arizona Cardinals for the record. I saw the Cardinals the week before they played the LA chargers. They had a 10, nothing lead. The Chargers scored a couple of times. They, they actually, I think the Cardinals actually had a chance to go up 13, nothing missed a makeable field goal, like a 42 yard field goal, missed a field goal. And then the chargers proceeded to rip off 45 consecutive points. And in the second half, like, they didn't let Josh Rosen do anything running on first and second, throw it on third down and punt. They just want to get out of there. And yet you that very next week. You lose at home in a must win situation. Like eh, time to go. And he pointed out there was a very minimal chance of making the playoffs. And I'm sure Mark Murphy's sitting there going like, this isn't getting any better. You had to win this week. I don't think we can save the season, but let's see what happens if we change the energy in the room and get rid of you. I mean, it couldn't have been handled any worse. Of course, it could have been handled a lot worse. Could have been a text message. You could have got Lane Kiffin. You come. You're about to. You're about to get. You play a road game. You're about to get on the plane. They call you out the team plane. pull you off the bus when you land. Hey man, we're gonna fire you like that. There's
6: a plenty of ways it could be worse. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La
2: Bichota. You're my favorite icon.
3: Aw, Joseph!
2: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurow Podcast Network, available on the
4: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
8: start listening.
1: Rick Buecher's an NBA senior writer of Bleach Report. Check out Bucher and Friends. as part of his podcast. He's awesome. He joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Buecher, why, why are the Warriors arguing with, with these officials? I mean, why why push the technical fouls thing in the regular season uh, like KD and Draymond have?
10: Honestly, I think it's just a reflection of where they are. Uh, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, They're they're drained and you probably know this as a parent, Doug, when you haven't had enough sleep and you haven't had enough rest and your kids uh, don't do what you ask them to do, you're probably going to react in a more emotional way than you would if, uh, if you were well-rested. So I, I think it's more a reflection of where this team is mentally as much as anything else. And, it's not for those who believe that they're just going to flip a switch and they're going to roll into the playoffs and be dominating. Uh, to me, this is a, a cautionary tale. It's a, it's a reflection of where they are.
1: What, why do you say, I, I'm going to disagree. with you. Like I thought, you know, last night they're, they're up 59, 43 in the first half. They, they kind of made it a point to kick the hell out of the, the Denver yep. Nuggets. I mean, they seem to get cousins going a little bit. And I, I look at the West. I look at, you know, assuming they don't play Oklahoma city in the first round and Oklahoma city is mm-hmm. equally flammable. Yep. Like, San antonio or and then maybe Utah or Portland like i don 't think the West is nearly what it 's been in terms of the potential for an arduous journey do you i i don't as far as looking at
10: that one team that can take them down, but I do believe there's going to be a cumulative effect i don 't think there are i don 't think there are any easy outs unless you maybe San Antonio do you look at them so i don 't know that it 's anybody that 's necessarily going to knock them off, but I see them. Uh, maybe taking five, six, seven games to get through each round rather than having a sweep, some sweep along the way. And just at this stage, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't have, I, 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 there's not a team I point to in the West and say, that's the team. On the other hand, I look at these Warriors and they're not the same Warriors. Offensively, yes. And the Nuggets have long been a bad matchup but defensively is where I question that they can get back to where they need to be to be able to win another championship.
1: Well, let's get to Oklahoma city because I know everybody's heaping praise on Russell Westbrook cause he had twenty, twenty, and 20. Hmm. Um, but they've been a mess. I mean, they've been a yeah. mess this, this yeah. last month and I thought they'd end up as the, the 20, the, the second best team in the West. I yeah. get, they don't have shooting, but like what, what's happened here? How, how'd that thing spin so out of control?
10: Uh, Paul, they've lost their way defensively. I mean, really, they've, they've, they lost the principles that made them uh, a defensive juggernaut. Paul George physically has been uh, banged up, and he hasn't been quite the same. And then Russ Westbrook, as a result of that, is trying to figure out, okay, so how do I play off of this? And then Steven Adams is another one who I'm not sure what's going on with him physically, but between the free throw shooting and not being able to move i mean i just named i named two of the three most important players and westbrook now trying to figure out okay this is the way i played and we were successful now do i do i need to revert do i need to stay the course uh you are right they are a mess um i'm going to go by the by on the premise that if we believe that the warriors can flip some sort of a switch come april that the oklahoma city thunder are going to find a way to do the same
1: yeah, the only problem with that though is, um, and I know that they're, we think they're better than last year, but last year they got dusted by the, by, by the You're Jazz talking, yeah. in the playoffs, yep. right? Like, yeah. B- yeah. like at least the Warriors have shown us they can flip the switch in the past, whereas the Thunder have not.
10: That is fair. I would say um, if if it's if it's Golden State in the first round, that's going to be an interesting series. Um, I I don't, I would expect that the, the Warriors would still win. I think it would be a tough series if they get Denver in the first round, I like their chances, even as messed up as they are. Because you quietly you look at the Denver Nuggets so over the last couple of weeks, they have just been as messed up. They don't have any playoff experience. And I'm still, other than Jamal Murray, is Jamal Murray your go-to guy to win right. a playoff series? Love what he's done. Love what he is. Not convinced of that.
1: I feel like they are, the Nuggets are the Western Conference version of last year's Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah where you won yeah. a bunch of games and everybody like, look, they're going to be really good. Are they really good now? Like, not really. Uh, but, and, and, and the Bucs never, have never won a playoff series. Is that, a, is that an mm-hmm. accurate depiction? No, I think, that's, I think that's very fair. And quite honestly, I'm not sure that I'm taking
10: the Milwaukee Bucks out of that category either. I would expect that they would win their first round, but do I see them in the conference finals? Honestly, I don't. I still believe that when you get to a series and you can make Giannis into a decision-maker, there are still elements to his game that if you can force him into playing that way, it's going to disrupt, disrupt everything that Milwaukee does. And so I see them as, as still being very vulnerable, but the point that the Nuggets are the same way, I agree wholeheartedly.
1: Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Rick Bucher, senior NBA writer, covering uh, the association for years with Bleacher Report. Buker and Friends is the podcast. You just download it, listen to it. It's outstanding. Um, let, let's go non-playoffs for a second. Hmm. LeBron's been shut down. Yep. You know, whether it's fair or unfair, it appears obvious that the Lakers are going to get a new coach. Who do you think it is?
10: I know that Las Vegas has suddenly made Juwan Howard the uh, uh the odds favorite to get the job. I don't understand that move at all. If you're going to do that, you might as well keep Luke. Uh my feeling and what I was told uh a couple weeks ago was that uh, Ty Lu, if he wants to, if his health is good, that he would be the guy. And to me that also makes the most sense because uh, let's face it, you have one of two choices here with LeBron at this point. You do the unthinkable and you trade him, or you keep him and you build the team around him that he is comfortable with and that can make the most out of what he has left. There, there are no other choices. So if I'm going to do that, Ty Lue, in my mind, of all the names that I've heard out there, is the only one that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I, I, the, the trading thing's not a possibility, right? He's not going anywhere. He's not up no, and I, moving.
10: I, 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 can't, I can't imagine. First of all, the, the, the dirty little secret in this is the Lakers couldn't get enough back for him.
1: Right. Because, well, and, and, and he wouldn't show up, though.
10: Yeah, and, and depending on where you sent him. I mean, look, there, has to be, there would have to be a lot of conversation. The, the Lakers would have to go to LeBron and say, look, this didn't work out. Um, we're, we're going to move you. He doesn't have a, he has a trade kicker. He doesn't have a no trade clause and we'll, we'll accommodate you, you know, tell us where you'd want to go if you're not here and make the best deal possible. I don't know if the relationship between Rich Paul and magic and Genie and LeBron is at a point where they can have that conversation. And I'm not saying that they are on the verge of having that conversation, but if you're going to do it right, that's the way you would do it.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't believe there's the that's even a, you know, like like you. I don't so you think were, it's. Go ahead.
10: Yeah, I'm not saying that they're they're considering that by right. any stretch, but I'm just saying in in you know taking a pragmatic approach at where they are, it's one or the other. It's either you build this thing and try to squeeze the most out of what LeBron has left, or or you don't. It's not you know we're going to develop or we're going to we everything has to be determined through the prism. Of LeBron James at this
1: point. This is the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Juwan Howard, be interesting. Um, interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, there's there's repeated conversations about KD and Kyrie and how they've remained yeah. close in terms yeah. of the off season. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the likelihood that that plays out with them going together?
10: It, well, I've heard that, and I've had people try to convince me of of that. I I'm still trying to get to the heart of where this deep abiding relationship began, considering there's about a four, at least a four year age gap between the two. And so i i I've heard I've heard that they would love to play together. I've heard that New York would be, you know, that, that, that fits. That's why New York has the cap room that it, that it does and and made the deal that it did with Chris Stapps. I, it's, it's just hard for me to imagine at the end of the day, simply because maybe it's because Doug, I'm looking at it in basketball terms. I don't think that would be a great fit. I don't think it, 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 it smacks of Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady going to Orlando. Like, Okay, it's a lot of talent. It makes this team a lot better. Is it the combination that I look at and say, "Okay, if you just put the right pieces around this, off to a uh an NBA finals you go." I I just I ultimately don't I don't see that. And I can't buy the idea that that relationship is on the Dwayne Wade LeBron James level where it's something that they always imagine themselves doing and so they made it into a reality.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I do think it gets – okay, so here's a question. Who do you think the best player in the NBA is? Not the MVP. Who do you think the best player in the NBA is?
10: Who's the best player in the – and I should have an, an immediate answer for this. I am going to say that Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA.
1: I te- I tend to agree with and and is it fair? Like at the heart of it is here he thinks he's the best player in the NBA. He's won the last two NBA finals, and he doesn't feel like he's getting the like. Is this a search for love? Is that what this is?
10: I don't know. There's a search for love as a matter of I and I, and all I know is this. He has never been fully embraced uh, in by Golden State, and I don't mean by the team. I mean by the fan base and the area, and and it's it's always been a guy who joined. Who joined the party? Not started it, and so I think he's I think he's looking for that, and he and he also hasn't gotten I think from a national perspective the respect or the uh, the confirmation that you would expect a guy who's been a two-time Finals MVP to get, and so when he looks all at he looks at all that it okay where where can I go what what kingdom can I conquer that is is going to give me everything from a business standpoint and don't undersell that uh, and that I get to be the primary piece and people are going to love me for being there ultimately even if I don't want a championship and I've said this elsewhere if, if KD gets the Knicks to the conference finals he will be forever beloved in New York in a way that he simply has not been at Golden State.
1: I, I, I agree with you. And, but a lot of guys have searched for that New York, trying to be the guy with New York yep. and, and, uh, and, and having accomplished sure. it. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a mountain everybody wants to climb and nobody has gotten to the summit as of yet. Buke, great the, stuff. It's a song
10: for sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. Great, great, uh, great stuff as, as always. And one, one, one last one real quick. Um, I, I talked to an NBA guy that said, Hey, it's, there is a discussion, John Morant or Zion Williamson. The problem is that mm-hmm. Zion Williamson is going to pack every arena and sell every jersey and good yeah. luck telling your owner that. <laughs> is it a legit discussion the teams are going to yeah. have? And could, yeah. is there a chance for John Morant could be the number one guy overall?
10: They will have that discussion. I guarantee you that. And there are GMs out there that would make that move. And I, I think it it does depend on the composition of your team it also depends on who your owner is and push comes to shove. Yes. I think the vast majority of owners will look at this and say, I hear you, but we're going with Zion because it just makes way too much business sense. But yeah, I, I think, I think in the, in the war rooms uh, maybe not when you get to the war room, but in the, in the GM's office with all the scouts and everybody, mm-hmm. there will be a healthy debate. As soon as they get the owner on the phone, uh, the, <laughs> That debate will go out the window.
1: Great stuff as always. Rick Bucher. check his work out on Twitter, Bleacher Report, or Buker and Friends is the podcast. Awesome stuff. Thanks so much.
10: You got it. I'm Diosa.
0: And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.